I'm Thomas Gideon, and this is the audio diary of a peculiar character. In it, I share thoughts about food, drink, beer, travel, music, and life in general in five-minute segments. You can read more at the companion site of A Peculiar Character at peculiarcharacter.com. Last weekend, I finished my 28th beer for the year. This recipe was an iteration of my Burden Ale. It started life at the beginning of last year as a barley wine. Big, big alcoholic beer. I put it down for a year, aged it on oak for the last handful of weeks, and dry hopped it for the last two before packaging. It was the first beer to go on my new kegerator at the start of this year, and at the risk of sounding immodest, it was delicious. I got impatient last year. I didn't want to wait to get a sense of this beer all year long. Given how quickly I can turn beers around, especially smaller beers, I decided to make a table version of this beer. It just means smaller, less alcoholic. You might say sessionable, but it, it has certain historic connotations. I like the label a little better. Maybe I'm just being arbitrary. Anyway, I didn't like the table beer as much as the barley wine. I didn't want to invest as much time and materials and effort as I did in the barley wine, so decided to try to split the difference. As I've continued doing historic research, digging into this particular style of old ale that's still brewed in at least a couple of places commercially, I realized that that splitting the difference was actually a lot closer to uh, perhaps what the beer, this particular beer style was like historically. Even though this was splitting the difference between a really big boozy beer and a much more drinkable table beer, the first thing I noticed in making this beer was that it was actually a bit closer in terms of mashing to the barley wine. And there was something like 16 pounds of grain to about 5 gallons of water. That's a pretty decent, fairly thick, uh, but still decent ratio. But it almost completely filled my mash ton. It took a fair amount of muscle to actually dough in, that is to, to break up all the dough balls that sometimes form and make sure that the grain was fully wetted before uh, letting it rest for the hour it takes to convert fully all the starches that you want to convert to sugars. For different reasons, going into the boil, I also had a lot of sweet wort to deal with. I wanted to do a 90-minute boil to concentrate the wort a bit more and to get a little bit of the kettle caramelization. It's not technically caramelization, uh, but I like longer boils for darker beers, uh, especially in this sort of mid-brown range. I do think that it sweetens them up and adds a, a bit of complexity in a way that, that I like that survives fermentation a bit better than back sweetening through a, a different variety of means. At any rate, it meant that I had about eight, eight and a half gallons of wort in a 10 gallon vessel. I have, I think as I've described, a big beefy electric burner coil in my kettle designed specifically for brewing. We noticed, uh, myself and my friend Laya, who helped me make this beer, that during the boil, as it got up to temperature, because it was so close to the top and it was boiling so vigorously, which on the one hand is great, on the other hand, not so great if you've ever uh, left boiling water in a small saucepan for, say, making spaghetti or something like that unattended, that it just boils up and over and gets all over everything. Water doesn't make much of a mess in and of itself. It's a pain in the ass to clean up, especially when it's that hot. Wort, on the other hand, is sugar water, effectively. It gets on the burners, it gets on everything, it's sticky, it's just horrible. 
you want to avoid a boil over or what's commonly called the jump when home brewing uh, as much as you possibly can. You can avoid the jump by just having a large enough pot. If, like me, that's not possible just because of the size of the beer that you're making, the extended boil that you're doing, you can add a little bit of hops in. I've started doing first wort hopping. It means as soon as I collect wort off my mash tun, I put my first charge of hops in. I like it. I tend to agree with the school of thought that says this this leads to uh, a softer, more mellow bitterness uh, that I'm just personally a fan of, that I like. That means that there was already hop oils and hop matter in the kettle. It wasn't really helping with the, the foam, foam formation. How we defeated the jump in the boil over was to realize that the big electric kill switch that de-energizes the coil does so so rapidly that it just causes the foam to back off immediately. We used that a few times until we realized that we could actually just dial in the uh, amount of energy going into the electric coil in the kettle itself to strike a balance to keep it from boiling over, uh, but be as vigorous as we could without going over the top like that. Other than that, and that was, I think, a challenge successfully met, the brew day went phenomenally smoothly. I pulled off a full batch and woke up the next morning to find that fermentation due to the starter that I had started the night before uh, was going strong, going well, and I'm optimistic that this, like my rye bitter, is going to turn out quite well. In sharing that success online, I got one further suggestion. There's apparently an additive called FirmCap or FirmCap S. A friend of mine who is a pro brewer at Compass Rose, I believe he's actually one of the co-founders, suggested this, and it's just something that uh, defeats foam formation in the kettle and fermentation, and it actually counterintuitively can help improve head formation and retention by keeping the kinds of proteins and compounds that you want for head formation in the finished beer in the beer it drops out, it filters out, and apparently doesn't otherwise affect uh, the beer, but it can make uh, the jump or boil over and can make blow-offs a lot more manageable if just uh, completely eliminate them. So something to look forward to in the future to try out in an experimental fashion, but otherwise really happy with the way this brew day went. I would like to thank the Internet Archive for media hosting and bandwidth. The views expressed on this program are my own and where applicable those of my guests and in no way reflect those of my employer or anyone else. This show is produced from 100% recycled bits. Except where noted, permission to recycle those further is granted under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 United States License. That means you're free to change this show as much as you like as long as you don't alter credits and you share your changes under the same license. Theme music is Slow Burn by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0.